Good morning and welcome to Morning Cup of Wisdom Podcast. My name is Antoine Howard and the mission of this podcast is to tell you what you need to hear and not what you want to hear. Listen, the mission of this podcast is to tell you what you need to hear and not what you want to hear. Why is that? Wisdom, truth, and sound doctrine in this day and age are not taken care of and not treated properly. That doesn't mean no one's telling the truth in promoting sound doctrine that means that the world is under attack by believing their own ideologies their own theologies and their own theories rather than going to the truth which is the word of god this podcast is built to put itching cream on your ears thank you so there are three ways that you can support this podcast The first way is you can pray for me. I need your prayers, strength, courage, and wisdom, all of that. Second way you can support this podcast is you can support it by following the different podcasting platforms or the social media platforms listed in the description. And lastly, you can donate to the podcast. Ain't nothing wrong with giving a little bit of change. So, Thank you so much for supporting this podcast. Thank you so much for believing in the word of God. And thank you so much for being here. Love you. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for this moment and opportunity. We love you and appreciate you for everything that you do from waking us up to this morning and getting us to this podcast to be able to listen to it and to hear your word i'm praying right now that you guide my lips guide my words guide my thoughts so that everything can be unified and it's not me speaking but you speaking through me lord if you want to go completely off the railroad go ahead if you want to take over the wheel And we go over into the forest. So be it. Anything to get your people closer to you. So I trust you and we trust you that you're going to give us a great word to help us to grow in our relationship with you. In Jesus name. Amen. I am so glad for this topic today. Because it's been something that I've been needing to hear my own self. One of the purposes of this podcast is for me to listen to it as well. It's not just something that you get to listen to. It's something that I have to listen to. Because I was in a season in my life, as I explained in another episode, where I was preaching to myself and applying what God was speaking through me to me. And in a recent season, I had gotten away from that and God pulled me back into that lifestyle by telling me to record episodes as if I were to podcast. And I did so and I edited them, but I'm also still doing it in the same fashion. But now I'm using this platform for you to listen to. So. In terms, I'm just saying that this message is for me, and I hope you get something out of it, too. Let's talk. So 
I work at a grocery store and I do a few different things, but my main job is bagging groceries and getting carts. There's another little side job that I have to do, which is called go backs. There's a shelf in the store where if um, customers don't want pop or drinks or different things that were in the grocery store, we put it on the shelf until someone can get the stuff off of the shelf and taken back to the designated places in the store. So sometimes I have to take mouthwash back to the toothpaste section or pop back to the soda section, you know, stuff like that. Right. The place that I dread going to the most is the bakery. Every time I go in the bakery section, it's just this wolf of goodness. It's nothing to do with the workers. The workers are fun. It's nothing to do with the area being unclean or anything. No, nah, everything is tight. Everything is cool. It's the food that is over there that is so tempting and it smells so good and it's so wonderful. It's like, oh, my goodness. Every time I have to walk over here, I smell a maple donut. What? I mean, literally, it's just a wolf of goodness. And I love breads. I love cakes. I love donuts. I love all that stuff. Even though in my life, I don't really eat it like that anymore. See, two years ago, I made a decision in my life to take a fast from eating unhealthy foods. In the month of January 2021, I decided no unhealthy things. And it forced me to eat healthy. And then after that, I realized what unhealthy food made me feel like and what I would do when I was sad when I had unhealthy food. So I just stopped eating it. And out of the grace of God, I lost a lot of weight. I gained muscle. I look better. I feel better. I think better. But in a recent season, I had been starting to step back into eating those foods. And lo and behold, I was taking some blueberry muffins back to the bakery one day. And I ran across these cookies and I was like, what in the world is that? It wasn't anything so crazy looking. It was just something that looked really good. I am a fan of oatmeal cookies, and I'm also a fan of white chocolate cookies. Yeah, I like chocolate chip, but, you know, white chocolate macadamia, I grew up on that. And I looked at these cookies, and I was like, oh, my, that looks like a white chocolate oatmeal cookie. And then I looked at it closer. I was like, wait a minute. Let me read the description. It got, wait a minute. It's not raisins. That's cherries. Okay. Cherries, little oatmeal situation, walnuts, and it got white chocolate. Let me get out of here. I waltzed away. And then the next day I came back and looked at them again. I was like, man, them cookies look so good. Man, I need some of them cookies. And then I felt convicted. I had to leave. Then I came back the next day. I was like, mm, let me just pick them up and just look at them close. I ain't going to I ain't going to do nothing. I'm just going to look at them. close. Mm. Then I pulled back and then I looked at them again and I'm like. I'm getting these cookies. So guess what? I got me a protein shake. I grabbed these cookies and then went to my car. I got to my car, took a sip of the protein shake, and I told myself this lie. 
I'm just going to flat out go there right now. I told myself this lie. I said, I'm going to eat two cookies and then put it away. There were 10 cookies in the box. I said, I'm going to eat two cookies and everything going to be all right. Just wanted to try them. You know, I can give them all the way. I'll just give them all the way after that, but I'm just going to eat two of them. I ate one cookie. I was like, "Uh oh, I got to get this other one. I got the other cookie and I was like, mm. OK, closing the box. I'm doing what I'm saying. Putting it under box. OK. <laughs> Dang, man, another cookie sound good right now. Whew, another cookie sound real good right now. Man, that cookie tasted really good. I don't know. I don't think one more would hurt. You know, one more won't hurt. I'll just let me get cracked open the box, got another cookie. And next thing you know, I had five more cookies. So in terms, I had a Bolt House Farms protein shake, 30 grams <laughs> and seven of these Jubilee cookies. And then I had to go back into work. I actually found out <laughs> that I was going back on taking the carts into the store in the heat of the day, in the busiest time of the day, on the busiest day. And my stomach said, <laughs> boy, you shouldn't have done that. And I was like, oh, shoot. And I had to take all those carts in pain. And I said all that to say this. I found out one more will hurt. The title of this podcast is called One More Will Hurt. I found out that after I said I was going to eat two and then I told myself the lie of one more won't hurt. I actually ate more than what I came for and then got hurt. Has there ever been a time in your life where you said one more won't hurt? Maybe it wasn't that scenario. Maybe it was like, this isn't too far. Maybe it was even, you know, I'm going to just do it just this once, just this once. What about this one? Last time and I'm done. Maybe you even said this one. I'm going to just find out for myself. I'm going to just see for myself. And I come to let you know today that at some point in our lives, we have given into the idea that too much and or too far is OK. We have submitted to the idea that if we pass a clear boundary, that nothing will happen and everything will be fine, even if we only passed it by a little. Such is the case in lack of self-control. 
BetterHelp.com defines lack of self-control as the inability to restrain one's desires, emotions, or impulses. That means that there is something in our desires, emotions, or impulses that we have no control over, but rather it has control over us. Think about your impulses. How much do you subconsciously grab your phone? How many scoops of ice cream is actually enough before you find out it's too much? When you're driving and someone cuts you off, what do you say? How about when someone shortchanges you at the restaurant? They don't give you enough of something. What's your reaction? Something in you leaps and takes the steering wheel and drives you to do something that can affect you or the people around you. And we find this same scenario with King David in 2 Samuel chapter 11. I'm reading in the NLT version and it says in the spring of the year, I'm starting at the first verse in the spring of the year, when Kings normally go out to war, David sent Joab and the Israelite army to fight the Ammonites. They destroyed the Ammonite army. They laid siege to the city of Rabbah. However, David stayed behind in Jerusalem. Late one afternoon, after his midday rest, a.k.a. nap. David got out of bed and was walking on the roof of the palace. As he looked over the city, he noticed a woman of unusual beauty. Here it is taking a bath. He sent someone to find out who she was, and he was told she is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Then David sent messengers to get her. And when she came to the palace, he slept with her. She had just completed the purification rites after her menstrual period. Then she returned home. Later, when Bathsheba discovered that she was pregnant, she sent David. She sent them a message. saying I'm pregnant. Here we find something that is common. Someone sees what they want, knowing that it won't be good for them, and they go after it anyway. Let's break down this story. David is supposed to be at a war, but he's at home. And after he gets up from this midday nap, he looks over the city and he sees a woman of unusual beauty taking a bath. Okay, first of all, this woman is unusually beautiful already, but then she's taking a bath. Excuse me. She's taking a bath. What does that mean? She's naked. She's naked. And if he sees her from the palace roof, that means that not only she's in proximity 
to the palace, but that the bathing place for this woman is in plain sight from the roof of the palace. Think about it. Where is the water coming from for the bathing place? Is it a tub? Is it a pool? We don't know. But this woman is bathing. And she's obviously at her house because they go to get her. And later in the story, they try to send Uriah to the house. So we're just going to make the assumption that she's at the house. She's taking a bath. She's butt naked. And David's like, well, I tell you. Mm, mm, mm. David's looking at her. He get turned on. We ain't going to sit here and act like we ain't get turned on at some things. He got turned on. Then here's what happens. He sends one of his messengers. He's like, hey, bro. Let me highlight to you. Young man, come here. Go over there. You see that woman? Do you see the woman? Go over there. And just ask her who she is. And then come back and tell me. Be gone. That's how I assume she that's how I assume he told the servant. Like an old uncle. Then the servant came back and told him some critical information. She is Bathsheba. That's her name. Wonderful. She is the daughter of Eliam. Who is Eliam? We find out later in 2 Samuel that he's one of David's mighty men. He's a soldier. Who is Uriah? We find out that this cat, Uriah, is one of David's soldiers that is in the army that is fighting the war that David is supposed to be at right now. So they find out this information, they give it to David, and then David was like, okay, go get her. So he sends the messengers back to the place that this woman was, brings her to the palace, and the Bible specifically says he slept with her. Putting more of the emphasis on he was wrong, even though they both were. Takes two to tango. Both y'all wrong. But David was in this wrong because he knew that she was a wife. It would still be wrong even if she wasn't, but she's a he's committing adultery knowingly I'll save the breakdown for later and then she finds out something critical she's pregnant Antoine don't sing that little Wayne lyric about the latex and the latex <laughs> Little Wayne said, 
better wear a latex because you don't want a late text saying that I'm late text. I sang it anyway. It's basically saying you better protect yourself or you going to get someone pregnant. But let's talk about this. We look at David and we see he has a desire. So my first question to you is what is your desire? What is it that you desire? We're talking about self-control here and the lack thereof in this first episode, this first cup. What is your desire? Some of my desires were to entertain relationships. Some of my desires were to sleep around, to overeat, to be rich and famous, popular and wealthy, all that. To be seen as better than anyone else. Some of those were my desires and those created actions. I strived after some of those things. Some of my other desires are to scroll Constantly on Instagram and Facebook. And endlessly on TikTok and YouTube. Like some of my other desires may fall into sexual immorality. Those are some of my desires. Maybe your, some, some of your desires are. To talk to someone that you aren't supposed to. Maybe you're trying to entertain a relationship that is wasting your time. Maybe you eat one too many ice cream scoops or Ben and Jerry cups. Maybe you buy too many clothes to the point to where your checking count can't handle it maybe you want to be seen so you make a scene here's another one maybe you speed I want to tell you this your desire determines your direction whatever you wanting Whatever you are wanting, that is what's getting your attention. And whatever gets your attention, that's what gets your time and energy. That means that in some way you are working to get whatever that desire is. 
And it doesn't have to be extravagant and hardworking. It could be just 10 minutes on Instagram. And now you're horny and hitting up old girl or old boy. Your desire determines your direction. My second question is, where did this desire come from? How did we get here? I'm sorry. Um, Smaller questions like. Were you in proximity to the thing that you desire? Proximity means how close are you to it? Were you around the people influencing your desires? Is it something from your past that created your desire? I know my desire to overeat came from a past thing that I I found out that I was picked on a lot when I was in school. And my coping mechanism was eating, but my eating created more picking on. So I was in a loop cycle. My desire to overeat came from an unhealed mindset toward being picked on. I want to highlight that some of us aren't sleeping around for no reason. It may be because it may be because of a lack of love that we feel on the inside. We're not trying to be rich for real. We may have been bullied before and we're just trying to prove to someone that we have value. Maybe we don't do drugs, alcohol, or go out to crazy parties for no reason. Maybe we just don't feel anything inside and now Those desires have control over us because of a hole that we never got filled up. I want to tell you something. People can change your perspective. When Jesus was feeding the 5,000, we're taking it to John 6 now. Jesus fed the 5,000. Biggest miracle, one of the biggest in his career, I should say. He fed all these people. He left the scene while they were asleep, crossed the sea. And, you know, he walked on the water in that space. And then got to the other side to Galilee. And then. I think it was Galilee. Yeah. And then guess what? The people was like, where did Jesus go? We need to go find him. So they went to find Jesus. And next thing you know, they pull up on Jesus saying, hey, man, we ain't even know you was over here, dog. Like, what's good? And Jesus was like, 
you didn't come to seek me for my word. You came to seek me for what I gave you. You didn't come to seek me about the signs and the wonders. You ain't come to seek me about none of that. You came to seek me about this bread. You cannot work for food and for things that perish. It's not going to last. But you should work for the food that endures. And then he goes down the line of having this conversation about how the bread from heaven when Moses was around was not from Moses, but from God. And the bread from heaven is not necessarily the manna that was given to them, but the words that were spoken to them and over them. And then Jesus highlights that he is the bread of life. That's a pivotal point in that conversation because Jesus just revealed that the bread from heaven that God was sending down was him. How do I know this? Because John 1 and 1 says in beginning was the word. And the word was with God. The word was God. And through him, everything was created. And without him, nothing would be. Jesus just told you that he is the bread. But your desire is draining you out. Why does he say you ain't going to hunger or thirst anymore? What are you hungry for? What are you thirsty for? Your desire, this is not even on my notes, creates your appetite. Whenever you consume enough of McDonald's, that'll be your appetite. What am I hungry for? McDonald's. If you consume enough of rallies, ooh, that's an Ohio thing, I think. When you consume enough of In-N-Out Burger, I'll go out west. When you consume enough of Olive Garden, Red Lobster, all these different things, it creates your appetite. Whatever your desire is and you consume of that desire enough, it creates this appetite. And whenever you are spiritually hungry or even malnourished, which means that you're not getting enough of the right things, you go to that. But here it is, is your desire creating a heavier appetite? Is it causing you to be more hungry for what you're indulging in? Have you become addicted? Because addiction is when you keep running to something when you are sad. Addiction is the thing that you run to when you're angry. When you get stressed out, why do you vape? When you get irritated, why do you go get a cup of ice cream? When you feel alone and you feel hurt, why do you turn on the incognito tab on your Google Chrome and you type in some nasty websites? 
Why do you do that? Because there's something in you that is controlling you. Is your desire, question three, here it is. Could your desire be controlling you? The reason why I'm slow walking some of this is because we need to understand that our desires have a lot to do with why we don't have self-control. The reason why I question what is your desire, because if something that you desire is causing you to not have self-control, we need to talk, talk about what that thing is. And then where did it come from? So we can nip it at the bud. But then really, here's the biggest question. Is it controlling you? The Bible highlights a few times. That he who sins or she who sins, uh, the person who sins becomes a slave to sin. Sin makes you a slave. And if you don't understand what slavery is, it's involuntary servitude. That means you have to serve whether you want to or not. And I know this for a fact, this was also highlighted to me before that sin could be either out of your own decision or demonic oppression. Meaning that you've been bullied to sin, you're getting bullied, you're getting drugged into it like you have no control. I've felt both sides. I've felt when I did it willingly. And then when I didn't want to do it willingly, I felt drug into it every single time. I had no control over my actions. I had no control over my desires. I had no control over over my emotions toward it. I kept praying to God for an exit. And after a while, I started hearing him and then seeing the exit and then out of my own decision, because of what I was used to, I stopped taking the exit or I didn't actually not even stop taking the exit. I didn't choose the exit. I thank God for his patience right now. I just want to stop right here and tell him, thank you, Lord, for your patience, because for years I ignored the exit that I asked him for. For years, I did. Living under an addiction to pornography and sexual things is a torment to your mind when all you want is to be free. But I, it wasn't until the grace of Jesus Christ stepped into my life that I was able to get away from the slavery of sin. Human nature causes me to fall. I'm not a slave anymore. It was only God that could help me to get away from the things that were hurting me. And when I chose God to do it because I couldn't, Lord, I felt more free than I ever did before. So could your desire be controlling you? What was David's desire? To have sex with Bathsheba. Where did it come from? Him not being at the war. Number one. And him looking over the city. To see her. How did it control him? 
to where he just passed the boundary. He sent the messengers to see who she was. That's where, oh, Lord, we're going to talk about something that I used to talk about all the time. Your curiosity is a powerful tool. Whatever you are curious about creates your desire. If you're curious about something that isn't in the right direction, you're going to go in that direction. Why? Because curiosity is like a loose dog. It goes where it wants to, but it's going to get caught by something it doesn't have control over. So his curiosity got him to send those messengers and then send the messengers back to get her. And then out of that, there was a result. You learned. Here's where wisdom comes in. Wisdom is gained not only through experience, but um, the spirit of God could give you wisdom beyond your experience but then help you with an experience, right? So the the experience that you often have can create this mindset of maybe I shouldn't indulge in that. You know, you touch a stove and it's hot, you get burnt. Whoops, let me just not touch the stove. You know? But his desire controlled him to the point to where someone ended up pregnant Someone else ended up dead and then he ended up rebuked by God. How do you get free from sin's control? Let's talk about this. Give your life to Jesus. One of the best decisions I ever made in my life, the multiple times I did it, was giving my life to Jesus Christ. When I was 12 years old, I felt God knocking at my door so heavy. It was a Friday night service. And the power of God swept through the building. And I was immediately moved and immediately compelled. I stopped thinking about whether or not my younger cousins would laugh at me. Or my my cousins would laugh at me. I stopped thinking about whether or not I would be. This weird kid in school, I stopped thinking about everything regarding what people thought. And I said, man, God is knocking at my door and I know it's him this time. And I need to give my life to Jesus. And I walked up to that altar and I miss miss you, Lady Vernell. Missionary Vernell Davis came, oh Lord, came to my ear and said, the three questions I'm about to ask you. And I immediately received the Holy Spirit. But right after that, I fell into the lifestyle of sin. Wasn't fully in there, but it was in there enough to understand that it was sin. Right after that, I became addicted to self-pleasure, pornography. I was highly insecure. I was highly prideful. I isolated myself often from so many different people. I chose fans over friends and I chose to be addicted to validation and affirmation from people rather than being known by them. I became highly promiscuous in my own self 
and even perverted in my perspective. I couldn't look a girl in their eyes for years. Because I felt like David, I was going to get drug away <laughs> by their beauty. Couldn't talk to people. I was extremely insecure and depressed. Anxious. And the devil tried to get me with suicide, but he wouldn't. He, I was like, no, nah, Satan, the Lord rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I'm not. No. Heck no. Because from a young age, I had the mindset of it's nothing that deep that I have to leave this world. That was only through the power of the Holy Ghost that I had that. And I found out through the grace of Jesus Christ later in life because I spent my whole walk with Jesus fighting what I was going through by myself. I never thought to ask him. And I didn't understand what I believed or ask about it. I just tried to figure it out on my own all the time. I was fighting on my own. I was trying to do so many things on my own. But then one day I just got fed up. I said, God, I quit. I can't. I can't do it. Like I, I, I told God, like I've been fighting this thing for too long. I can't. And immediately I felt the Holy Spirit push every single lustful spirit that was latching onto me and creating me to be a slave out of me. I immediately, I never felt when I felt it. I was in a room by myself. When those locked, doors closed, no fan on, no air condition. I was like, what the heck was that? And I immediately started crying. Later on in that part of the year, I regave my life to Jesus. And I was like, Jesus, this time I want to follow you. And ever since then, God has been creating in me a clean heart and renewing a right spirit in me and making me better and making me wiser and making me stronger within myself. I seek God because he loves. And now I'm understanding that his love is love is more than I can imagine when he says love others as yourself he already did it because he sent his son in the form of a human like me and like you to come and understand that all that pain that i just went just explained to you and all the pain that you're going through and all the pain that your family members are going through he died bearing the weight of the sin and the pain on that cross. And he stayed dead. Until the third day. When he rose from the grave. With all power in his hands. And I was just reading about that today. It's, it wasn't just like. Shing, it's like whoa. 
there go Jesus up in the sky, like a levitating. No, he was like, y'all know I'm like alive, right? Like I told you three days later, right? Like it was so cool. Like Jesus rose from the dead by the power of God. And if he can be raised, you can be. You know why? Because Jesus died for your sins. And when you accept Jesus into your heart and believe that he is Lord. And confess that he is Lord. And believe in your heart that he's risen from the dead for your sins. You can be saved. What is the significance of that? When you believe that Jesus is Lord, you believe that his authority was real and is real. But then when you believe in your heart that he has risen from the dead, that means that you will internally understand and see that the power of sin can no longer have you anymore. And through that, the Holy Spirit will come into your life when you get baptized. The Holy Spirit will come into your life. You will be identified as a child of God. In this message of self-control in every other message after this, because none of this will be applicable without Jesus. When you have that Holy Spirit in your life, he will help you trust and believe I was tormented every single day. I had not a single clear mind, like not a single clear mind moment. I didn't know what peace was until 2022. I didn't even know what it was. Every time I thought I had peace, I found out it was deceitful and that I was living in sin. I didn't know what peace was. I didn't have joy. I didn't have happiness. I was depressed. But God. God came in and he stepped right in. Because I let him in. God won't intervene in a problem. You won't let him in. Let him in today. So. Close your eyes. Bow your head. And if you're driving, don't do that. Just ask, just answer these three questions. Do you confess that Jesus Christ is Lord? Yes or no? Do you believe in your heart that he has risen from the dead for your sins? Yes or no? And do you receive the power of the Holy Spirit? Yes or no? If you say yes to all three, congratulations, you just got saved. That is such a good decision that you just made. It's so important to be saved and to live saved. And this podcast is built to resource you and help you to walk out your 
salvation. So I'm so glad that you tuned into this podcast and I'm praying that you continue to follow. And I'm hoping that I could be a help to you in some way. Now, next episode, we're going to be sharing a little bit more about this self-control thing. I'll be sharing more on the story of David and Bathsheba and what I've learned from it. I'll be sharing what God told me about self-control. Where does temptation come into play? And how does the Holy Spirit play a part into all of this? As always, you can support in praying, following us on the social media platforms, and donating to this platform. Until the next episode, take a look at your life. What are you indulging in too much of? And start to pray to God about your desires. That's all for today. I hope you have a great morning.